Hi, my name is Amber. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Chloe. My pronouns are also she, her. And live from Amber's room, this is SPHS Tiger Newspapers Podcast. Nightmare on Mission Street. So before we get started, we want to insert a quick disclaimer. This podcast in no way represents the views of SPUSD, SPHS, Tiger Newspaper, or its employees. Yeah, so... Time for a check-in. How are you doing, Amber? I feel great. Yeah. I'm doing good. <laughs> Me too. Um, I've been... So this week we're doing... Um, we're going to be talking about rejection and boundaries, and um, I've been thinking a lot about boundaries this past week, so um, I'm going to use this Whoa, podcast... Wow, that's too personal. <laughs> I'm going to use this podcast to work through my own issues again. Yeah. So... We identified a few different types of rejection, and um, so academic rejection, um, rejecting identity, but I think the most relevant is rejection in relationships. Which ties into our last episode. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So one of the most pressing questions about rejection is, why does it hurt so bad? So we want to talk a little bit about that. I think a lot of the time... When we experience rejection, we really internalize it, and I think it's because we focus a lot of pe- we focus a lot of our attention on other people's reactions, and we I think a lot of the times we like perceive ourselves through the eyes of other people, and so it feels like when somebody um, rejects something you do or an effort you make, or um, they're, like, rejecting who you are, like, as a person at your very core. They do not like you. I think that also, um, the way we grow up, it's, it's a lot of rejection stigma. Like, just, That's like, societally, true. there's so much, like, um, pressure to not be rejected. It's, it's, mm-hmm. like, we talked about this a little bit last episode, the disappointment. It's, like, a normal part of, like, life. You're going to disappoint people. And people are going to disappoint you, but, like, the way we viewed it is just, like, any sort of disappointment just, like, can't be healthy, you know? Yeah, and just because um, you experience rejection, it doesn't mean you're unworthy of acceptance, you know? Um, right, okay. Yeah. So we're going to go into relationship rejection first. So a lot of the time when we think about, like, rejection in relationships, it's, you asked out your crush, and your crush turned you down. Yeah, but rejection can happen inside relationships, too. Um, and it takes a lot of different forms. This isn't specific to relationships, but um, it can be passive, or it can be more confrontational, or even slightly aggressive. But um, more hurtful isn't necessarily the same as more confrontational. And really, the situation defines the pain of rejection more than the method of rejection does. Yeah, someone can be, like, really blunt and confrontational about something that doesn't really hit deep, or it's not even that bad. Um, Or someone can be super kind and gentle about something that just hits super bad. It just, like, depends on how much you care about the thing you're putting forth. Yeah. Also, this ties back into, like, why um, a lot of people are just... um, Why why rejection hurts so bad. It's because, like, whenever we... um, like, to preface getting rejected, you need to put yourself out there. And yeah. it already takes, like, a lot of courage to put yourself out there. And then, once you're rejected, it's like, oh. Yeah. Like, it feels like it wasn't worth anything. It's, like, so deeply discouraging. But I think we have to separate um, 
the courage it takes to put yourself out there with like the reaction you get. Like those are two different those are two different things. They aren't totally um, tied together. And I think we carry around a lot of potential rejection with us and it just takes that second person, the rejector, to complete the circuit for it to hurt really bad. But we're carrying the first part with us all the time. Yeah. Like I feel like we're always anticipating rejection that's true like there's always this like mindset where like oh they're gonna say no but then once they confirm something then it's like yeah everybody has things that they're really sensitive about and when rejection like aligns with that um insecurity or anxiety yeah it's really hurtful and discouraging i think one of the ways we experience rejection in relationships, this is kind of um, like a passive rejection. Um, there are a lot of expectations of what certain situations like relationships are supposed to look like. So um, if your expectations aren't met or something, or your relationship looks different than your expectation of a relationship, that can feel like what you were talking about, about being disappointed in relationships and stuff and how that's totally natural. But yeah, it can definitely feel like rejection. Um, I think also um, a lot of like so-called rejection in relationships, sometimes it can stem from just different attachment styles. Yeah, um, okay, so we're going to explain, attachment, explain attachment styles a little bit. So, so there's avoidant, anxious, and secure. Yeah, so I guess secure could be... It's like you're secure. It's right. Self-explanatory. So <laughs> well, secure would be, um, I think it's, um, you're secure not just in your relationship, but um, in yourself. And mm-hmm. then anxious would be, I guess it could be perceived as clingy. clingy. And then avoidant, you know, you like, avoid your relationship. And I think definitely secure can sound like the healthiest attachment style, but you can have a healthy relationship if yeah, you're definitely. any of the three attachment styles. You just have to, like, learn how to communicate that with your partner. Okay, so there's also, like, academic rejection, which is, yeah. like, well, no, I didn't get into ASV. Does that kind of academic rejection? <laughs> I think, well, I think academic rejection goes, that's, like, a subcategory of, like, self-rejection when you don't meet your own expectations. True, or true. And I think a lot of our expectations for ourselves are informed by how we view other people. So it's just us absorbing the world around us and then just... Um, oh, academic rejection is also, like, kind of, I'll tie that in with job rejection, too, you know? Job. Or, like, neither of us have had jobs. I know, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just, like, you apply for, like, this yeah. position or something and you don't get it. Or something like right. that, you know? Like, Tiger, what if we didn't like, get into Tiger? Oh, what if we didn't that get into be, Tiger? Crushing. 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 We wouldn't be friends. That's true. <laughs> By rejection of self, which we mentioned in the introduction, we mean, like, parts of your identity, which is pretty tied into all parts of, like... Yeah, so I think now. the common thread with all types of rejection is... It's because we're putting all of these expectations on ourselves from what we're observing in the world. And suddenly, everything we see, we have to relate it back to us mm-hmm. and our lives and how we behave. And But not everything is not everything is about us. We're not, not everything is, um, like, mm-hmm. I think us. you kind of revolve around me, but that <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even funny. Um, I don't I'm know your how to respond son. to that. I'm your son. <laughs> oh Amber's about to write a book. I am your son. <laughs> yeah, so um, technically every 
form of rejection is kind of like a rejection of self. But um, for rejection of identity, we were more going for stuff like when people don't accept your passions or like when people don't accept your sexuality or like gender identity yeah. and stuff like that. That's like another rejection category that we can't really talk about because we have not experienced it. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe the passion one kind of. This is something we're talking about. If somebody. For me, at least, if somebody rejects my passions or, like, I don't take that seriously. Like, that isn't a real, I don't feel rejected by that. Like, that isn't something I feel personally. And Honestly, it kind of makes me feel better. Does that make sense? You're doing something different. I'm so rebellious, right? I know, I know. But I think that (laughs) speaks to how... um, how differently we all perceive rejection, mm-hmm. um, and our oh, different that's ex- deep. <laughs> that's that's deep. That's like, deep. I think I've said that like five times so far. <laughs> but um, we all take diff- We all have different anxieties and insecurities, and those are all informed by what we've experienced thus far. Um, like who's hurt us, what's hurt us, and that's that's that informs the rejection. So, how we reject people, methods of rejection. Yeah. What I usually do as I leave people on red. <laughs> I think it's definitely, it's to preface this segment of the podcast, I think it's really helpful when you're thinking about to, about rejection. Like, rejection is a two-sided interaction. You have the rejector and the rejectee, and um, you get a more well-rounded perspective if you think about yourself as both the rejector and rejectee, because we... We reject people, and oh, yeah. we also get rejected. It's All just the time. both are really universal both. human experiences, <laughs> and you can't avoid either. You really can't avoid either of them. How do you reject people? I definitely think. Well, we'll get into this a little bit later, like putting yourself and your needs first. Um, I oh, think, I just thought of like how I have like a really hard time saying no to things. Yeah. You know, it's like you always want to please the other person, so you're, like, really wary of rejecting other people. Yeah. Like, I find that I'm a very non-confrontational rejector. It's usually, like, it's usually, like, oh, sorry, I closed my phone for today. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's interesting, because even when we're on the other side of that interaction and we're rejecting people, we're still really, um, we're still absorbing, like, all of these social norms and, like, what other people do and how other people feel instead of um, like turning inwards yeah. and asking yourself what would serve me, what would serve me best in the situation, you know? And I think we blur the lines between um, like advocating for yourself and being selfish, you know, but those are two very different things. But I don't you think should be selfish, selfish isn't always sometimes. being bad. Like, okay, especially when setting boundaries, I think you have to be selfish. Like, I think you need to assert what you want first. Yeah, and that can be really difficult when the other person isn't putting their, like, isn't putting themselves first as well, because then it definitely can feel like... Definitely, like, one-sided. Right, um, but I think, so it's important for both people in that interaction to put themselves yeah. and their needs first. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as for, like, protecting ourselves, ourselves from rejection, um, a lot of the times we shut down or, like, stop being vulnerable and we do everything we can to, like, insulate ourselves from the possibility of rejection. Or not even the possibility of rejection. Sometimes, like, after rejection, too. We just, yeah. like... I know, I just, like, completely shut down for, like, yeah. at least two weeks. I gotta give myself some time. <laughs> um, and I think that's really... 
natural, but I don't think that necessarily means it's healthy. Yeah. Like, this is... Uh, this is, like, one of those things where you shouldn't just, like, excuse it for being natural. Yeah. You should, like, try to make it better. Like, it's obviously very primal to want to avoid danger or mm-hmm. hurt, but <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, like, a, like a, it's very visceral. But shutting down um, and, like, trying to protect yourself from rejection, it's really just standing in the way of your own growth. Um, and experiencing things as fully as you could be experiencing them. Like um, time drive. Oh my god, I was just about to say that. I don't <laughs> want to think about it, though. Um, <laughs> didn't go super well. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> It's kind of funny, though. Yeah. It's like a very open-ended prompt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm still kind of recovering from that. That's going to take me a while. It's an example of rejection, huh? Yeah, I got reject- I got rejected talking about rejection. So, <laughs> that's awkward, I guess. Whatever. I'm leaning into the discomfort. I'm leaning into the discomfort. And what we really should be doing, um, instead of, like, closing ourselves off, is working on setting... I think there's definitely a difference between boundaries and shutting yourself down. You know what I mean? So, I think it's important to work on setting healthy boundaries... Um, that's Especially really to do. boundaries when it comes to making sure you don't shut down. Or yeah. just like when you're trying to get over rejection. What I do is like, so I don't get into a cycle of not doing my work and then feeling bad about not doing my work and then continuing to not do my work. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> what I do is I, um, it's like, okay, you have to like eat at this time or like you have to finish this today or like you need to like talk to someone about it. It's like, yeah. These like steps. It's just, yeah. it's like a, rejection handbook that's true and i think they're they're like boundaries you set in the immediate aftermath of rejection and then they're also more they're broader more long-term boundaries that you set within yourself like not in response to a situation but um but uh you know for yourself boundaries that'll last a long time Something really important to do is learning to separate yourself from the rejection you've experienced. You know, I think we take all of our experiences and uh, we just sort of like mush them up and they become the person we are. But, and I think that's true to some extent. We're all like shaped by By our our experiences. experiences. But that's different than uh, like a like, immediately absorbing and internalizing everything without thinking about it critically. Like, how is this affecting me and why? So I just think it's always, it's really important to look at experiences of rejection. Um, Something I've been grappling with with just growth in general is Mm -hmm. the fact that change can be really drastic. Like, it can happen really quickly. Sometimes I think back to maybe, like, a certain point of rejection. I'm like, oh, my God, this was, like, a month ago. Am I really different? Am I really changed from it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yes. I think when we're thinking about our growth, we look at other people and their growth um, to sort of figure out whether our growth is real. uh, Oh, also, the fact that growth isn't linear. That's true. Yeah, like, you can have periods of growth, you can have periods of, like, static and then you can also have like periods of regression it's not like a steady upward trajectory all the time Mm -hmm. you know yeah the upward trajectory feels good but it doesn't last forever 
<laughs> oh, that's ominous. Oh, we're kind of on an upward trajectory right now. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's such a bad mindset. Sometimes maybe it can last forever. Maybe it can. I do think it's a little bit... Is it bad to expect that things will go right? Like, if you anticipate things. I do, okay, do you believe in... I shouldn't be asking you questions on this, but... Um, <laughs> the idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy... You know, if you if you're predestination. No, but if you sort of like think that something is gonna go wrong, you'll naturally do things that'll lead to it going wrong. If you're constantly, if that's constantly in your mind. I I do the opposite. I try to combat that. Well, I think a lot of the times, like self fulfilling prophecies are. It's when you've accepted. Oh. Like oh this oh, okay. this is inevitable. So is usually for me, this takes that. the form of. Night before a test, didn't really do my homework at the unit, then I'm like, okay, well, you know what? No, no, you're saving it now. <laughs> yeah. Or in terms of the upward trajectory, if we're like, well, this is bound to end. Oh, yeah. Will we do things to like, will like, this even matter? Yeah. I feel like sometimes I justify things by saying, oh, this won't matter that much in the future or something. There's so many um, nuances when you're trying to put things into perspective because like obviously putting things into perspective is a really healthy thing to do to avoid like spinning out about something that maybe actually doesn't really matter but also you can overthink things wildly you can be like or this is okay this is like back to like other people's perspectives like sometimes I always like try to like put myself in their shoes of like why did they reject me like what's going on like what are they what's the vibe they're getting from me or something like that yeah. yeah, and a lot of the times I think we do that to try and figure out what we need to change about ourselves. Yeah. But that really, that's definitely not the way to go about it. Definitely. Because you can't, you can't change yourself to fit, um, fit with other people because not everyone is for you. You're not for everyone. And in terms of, like, academic rejection, not everything is for you. You know? Yeah. You know, maybe I could be trying a little hard in the subjects that I've labeled as not for me, but... Oh. <laughs> well, I was talking about, like, ASB or, oh. you know, if Amber's still reeling from that. Amber's still re- reeling from my seventh grade ASB <laughs> yeah. rejection? No, not, not really. <laughs> it wasn't for you, Amber. No. And that can also feel like you're making excuses for not being a quote-unquote better person or not trying hard enough. But, like, it's about, like, evaluating what's in your life now. Mm-hmm. Like, going from there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, this is, like, <laughs> this is preached all the time, but mm-hmm. rejection is often viewed as super shameful when it should not be. And other, res- like, other people's responses or rejections of you aren't hard facts about who you are as a person because we're all moving through the world with, like, different lenses informed by unique sets of experiences. That was very well written. I'm, like, Thanks. reading directly from Chloe's outline. <laughs> And something we were talking about a little bit is that one person's turnoff or red flag might not be another's because somebody could have experienced something really bad that you remind them of. Okay, relationship-wise, I've noticed a lot of people, they get rejected by, like, this one person, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm never going to find love. Yeah. We put... I think we focus... Maybe this is just a human thing, but we focus a lot of attention on, um, like, every single interaction, and um, suddenly it becomes, like, the most important defining thing in the world. And that's where putting things into perspective comes into play. Yeah. 
Um, one last thing before we go into our recommendations yeah. is, as for boundaries, boundaries shouldn't be responses to rejection. Yeah, so something that I noticed um, I struggle a little bit with. So honestly, um, I think I'm experiencing a lot of trial and error with boundaries, and I think that's pretty natural. No, no. We're yeah. figuring stuff out. Um, and something I noticed is... Um, People, and I've done this before, like weaponized boundaries and turn them into something retaliatory, um, like in response to rejection or a situation I don't feel comfortable in. Well, like, yeah, rejection. Instead of um, establishing them first, like in a relationship, instead of going into a relationship with, um, with boundaries I'm confident in, I'll... I'll just, if I experience a situation, like a situation, an instance of rejection in a relationship, then that's when I'll start forming boundaries, you know? Yeah, you're not defined by how other people perceive you. Your relationship to rejection, try and understand why you have that relationship with rejection, whether it be negative, positive, or neutral. Um, and to go back, attachment styles are actually really interesting. So think about that a little bit too. You should explore that too. It's really cool. That comes into play in so many different situations, not just rejection, but really any any situation where you're in a relationship with another person, you're interacting with another person, your mm-hmm. attachment style totally, totally has, it has like such a huge influence on that. And also, so, um, as for rejection, um, I think being communicative about like your feelings, like definitely like be communicative with, like, other people about, like, how you're feeling. Or, or you know, just, like, communicate about it. Communicate before um, to maybe avoid potential rejection. I don't know. And then, yeah. like, after rejection, communicate those feelings so other people to make you feel better. Now for some recommendations. recommendations. Okay, Amber, what's your recommendation? Um, my recommendation is, did I say this last time? Joni Mitchell? Okay, my favorite book is Just Kids by Patti Smith. It's very good. My recommendation is... It's really nice outside. Go take a walk. The weather is... <laughs> That's my recommendation. Go take a walk. Well, this might not... Weather might not be nice on Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate thinking about the weather. I feel like everybody's talking about the weather now. Is it... can't believe I have a biology test tomorrow. I, knew, I want to enjoy this weather. Now we're just talking. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.